The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I love Gilmore Girls so much. This is such a good show. It is. It's such a great show. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi. I almost just called you Paris. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a spoiler, I guess. Hi, Tara. <laughs> when you said with, with Tara and Haley, I was like, that should have been with Paris and Haley. <laughs> I don't know. I just really got, I got confused <laughs> let's do <that. laughs> no that's, okay. a, that's an incredible opening like, i was so confused when you were when you said tara i was like wait it's paris and i was like nope that girl's name is tara speaking of paris do you remember in 2017 when samantha b compared donald trump to paris geller no yeah okay it was on her show and she compared him to paris geller because he fired then acting attorney general sally yep. yates and when he did it he like said it was like uh she had like betrayed them and that was like the word that everyone focused on because everyone was talking about how he valued loyalty more than anything else and like we won't get into anything else with him here but just the fact that samantha b said the way that he was choosing people to be a part of his cabinet was the same way that Paris Geller was choosing people who were loyal to her to be on her high school paper as opposed to people who were talented and they like showed a picture of like Paris and Madeline Louise and Rory and that was kind of where the joke ended but like she was like this is basically like a high school feud which was like funny in itself but Huffington Post responded with basically like Paris would not have liked this because where Paris was like very much like aggressive in her approach and like on the surface seemed really pretentious and really valued loyalty she was actually really strong and caring and like a really good friend devoted to the people around her Mm -hmm. and she would not have liked being compared to donald for sure which i totally agree with i agree as well she would have hated that she was like a big 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 old feminist and that yeah that does not track but very interesting comparison by samantha b that's it's funny it's funny especially for late night and i understand like what she was saying it was like it's more so like high school girl drama than the drama that should be taking place on like the world stage in our democracy what an interesting commentary yeah i hated it because that's like so not paris geller because like i know you're not like a big taylor swift fan but there's the song the man if i were a man then i'd be the man and that's like totally paris geller like that's her to a t like that song is completely for her that like if paris geller had been a man she would not be getting these comparisons to being like a petty high school girl yeah and it's interesting because i feel like she really grows into that in the revival like we were talking about yeah a little bit at the end of last week's episode she like really really comes into herself not that she didn't throughout the series but we watch a really incredible character arc over those seven yeah. seasons and then through the revival with paris which i love to see paris in my opinion has the best character arc from like beginning to end like the journey that she goes on who she is at the beginning of the story to who she is who we see her as like at the end of the revival she has like hands down the best or i mean maybe not the best but like what definitely in my top five of character i don't disagree with you at all i think that she has an incredible storyline and it's interesting because we were sort of talking about this at the end of last week's episode that she kind of gets the ending that we were all expecting from Marie Gilmore's character, right? Yeah. I would venture to say that when we first meet her in the Lorelai's first date, Chilton, she comes in hot. And she, we're not, no one's really digging her because she's just a lot. And weren't we all in high school? But she is just particularly spicy. And I don't think any of us really knew what her storyline was going to look like nor did we understand that she was going to be a series regular for the entire duration of the series but i think that we never really fully expected that she was going to sort of have the outcome that we were hoping for from rory yeah and i think in a lot of ways when you're watching this show and getting really frustrated with rory as most people do i mean me included and she's my favorite Mm -hmm. character but you just get so frustrated with the direction that she takes her life, the decision that she makes, that it almost feels like the reason that you're getting so irritated 
at her is because she should be having the progression that Paris is having. And from that moment that you, like, the first time you see Paris in the Lorelei's first day at Chilton, as you said, when she's standing in that, like, triangle formation with Madeline and Louise, which I have to reveal something about myself here. There is never, at any point, from the time that I started watching this in 2004 or 5 to now, where I could confidently tell you which one is Madeline or Louise. (gasps) Oh my god. I swear to god. I, someone will tell me, I'll remember, I'll be like, she's Madeline, she's Louise, and it leaves my mind. I cannot remember. Like, I can remember full monologues. Like, I could probably quote full episodes in whole from the beginning to end, but I cannot tell you whether confidently in this moment, whether the blonde one is Madeline or Louise. Wow. I kind of love that about you, though. <laughs> I love that you know every every crevice of this show except for who's who when it comes to Madeline or Louise. Well, to be fair, you shared with me that, like, seasons four through the end are, like, your sweet spot. Five through seven, yeah. for the most part. And seasons one through three are my sweet spot. And we only see them once and twice in season four. Yeah, but even then, I still watch seasons one through three more than, like, the average person. But it's, like, I could tell you, ex- like, extreme details about this show I could guess and you could tell me whether or not I was right, but I could not tell you for sure. <laughs> and I don't want you to I tell don't me. judge you and I'll never tell you. Let her suffer. Yeah. I just kind of like the idea of that's Madeline. Yeah, and they're Louise. kind of a pair. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. a package deal for yeah. sure. And we'll get into this a little later, but their friendship with Paris was always so comical to me because yeah. she seemingly was like their leader, but also learned a lot from them. It was it was very interesting. But all in all, I, I think it, it was pretty fitting that she tends to gravitate a little bit more towards Rory because they're on such parallel paths and Madeline and Louise didn't really seem to care much about school and education. Yeah. They were really boy crazy and we love them for it. Which I will say though they do really well in school like when Paris gets papers back they're never that far behind her like Paris will get an A but like oh, they one get, of the they other get respectable grades will get yeah, B's for sure yeah A minuses they're like really smart which is honestly something I really love about their characters in a whole other episode but like I just feel like Paris seemingly surrounded herself with people who like might be a little bit less than than her like, not as smart as her maybe to like maybe not as dedicated as her yeah but they're still smart girls of course and I don't think that Paris would surround herself with them if they were like truly well definitely not especially because when she meets Rory she wants nothing to do with her because she views her as competition she doesn't want to keep people close to her that she views as competition she clearly doesn't feel that way about Madeline and Louise but I love the dynamic that Rory and Paris have throughout the entire series and again like like we spoke to before she kind of gets the ending that we wish we had seen for Rory in a sense but I kind of love that it went to Paris and the irony of all of that is most of you may know this but for those of you who don't Liza Weil who plays Paris actually auditioned for the role of Rory that's how she sort of entered into Amy Sherman Palladino's orbit and she didn't get the role obviously but Amy loved her so much that she created a role for her and I don't know I want to say I read somewhere at some point that it was not intended to necessarily be a top to tail series regular for the entire duration of Gilmore Girls role maybe just to create that friction and competition while Rory was at Chilton and it ends up blossoming into like you said one of the in our opinion greatest character arcs of the entire series which I think is so cool because she auditioned for the role of Rory didn't get it but her character's journey it's a lot like what the trajectory of Rory's looked like when we started the series yeah you know what's really interesting about that you bring up like the start of the series is something that I didn't quite realize about Paris is how revered she is by the LGBT community she is everyone says that she's like such a good representation of like a lesbian in entertainment and media but she's never openly identified as a lesbian and only has male love interests but something that like when I was looking into that came across that I found to be really interesting was we can talk about this in a different episode but that Amy intended for Suki to be a lesbian I didn't know that that was what she said in I think it was 2016 that she intended for Suki to be a lesbian but she was barred by the WB because they said that they didn't want to have any gay characters like openly gay characters on their TV shows which is horrible in itself but that was just like what was happening in entertainment at the time and it's just so interesting to me because it wasn't even about Michelle like she kind of always liked the ambiguity when it came to him that he was like French it's like from like Legally Blonde the musical European yes I was just about to say that (laughs) yeah that like we talked about in the last episode that he was like he has a husband but it was just so interesting that Suki was supposed to be gay which then saying that kind of indicated that there wasn't a chance for any of the other women to take that character path for them to be anything but straight on this TV show, which is really disappointing because I think the exploration of having like and the representation of having Suki be gay 
would have maybe opened the door for Paris. We have Team Jess, which you are, and Team Logan. But like Team Paris is like such like a like popular team it as is, well. For sure. And there's never necessarily any implication there that like where her sexuality lies on the spectrum, with the exception of the fact that she only has male partners. Yeah. But I just thought it was really interesting because I didn't know that until I was looking stuff up for this episode that Suki was originally supposed to be gay, which was barred by the WB, which I hate so much because this show needed so much more representation. Than I'm it sure has. there were tons of shows at the time that wanted to be inclusive and were not allowed to do so and I'm glad that that has shifted but I feel like it's also one of those things like it doesn't necessarily have to be like what we were talking about before with like that once like the author or like the writer lets go of something it's kind of in the hands of the audience and if people want to like recognize where Paris was and what she represented as you know like we we never got confirmation that she wasn't queer or that she was for sure it's one of those things that can be open to interpretation based on the audience and regardless of where she lies on the sexuality spectrum she was an incredible strong independent character female character that came out of this series and we see that a lot in the revival she's getting divorced from her husband she's a doctor she's making all of her money she's a lawyer and Wait, there was a joke that she was a, that I read because I was on the Paris Geller Wikipedia page and there was a joke made that she was a certified dental technician. Did I miss that joke? Yes. Francie says it in the bathroom. Does she? When does she say she that? She says something. I mean, it's their, their spat is so brief and so spicy. She yeah. says something about her being a certified dental Oh, I completely missed that because I was like, well, first of all, Paris is like, she's specializes in reproductive medicine, having gone to Harvard. She is also a lawyer and like licensed lawyer. And then she's a certified dental technician. And I was like, what is this? What can this girl not do? She's literally (laughs) the woman who wears many hats. I'm glad you actually brought that up inadvertently because that was my least favorite Paris scene in the entire revival. We didn't really get a chance to talk about this. And it's not just because of her spat with Francie in the bathroom, which I felt was a little forced dialogue wise. And Francie was not necessarily someone who I was like, oh, we'll see her at the Children Alumni. It made sense. But like the spat between the two of them didn't really make sense. It was like, why are we talking about this? But it didn't make sense story wise because Paris, we don't know the inner workings of her mind, but it made absolutely no sense for Paris to still be pining for Tristan to have that visceral reaction to seeing him. The only way that I like defend it is that I know that if I like now went to like an alumni event at my high school, that like if I saw someone that at the time I had like a lot of like feelings or emotions for, I feel like I would be like transported to that sort of mindset that like regardless of what has happened to me outside of it, I still would have like maybe like 16 year old me would be the one having the reaction and then I would have like a moment of like oh my god what is why is that person here and then like have to take a step back and be like I am a strong successful woman and I think that maybe that's where they were at is like no matter how old Paris gets there's still like a little bit of like that high schooler in you which is the part of it that I loved is that she still has the ability to fall apart the same way she did in high school which I think worked but I think they dragged it out too much with the Francie I agree see it didn't really make sense why these two adults are now going at each other like I could totally see Paris like still going at it but I just feel like there should have been a thing where Francie was like I'm an adult now I have kids like I'm not gonna have this high school fight with you Paris and the air of it was there but for me what what bothered me most is that it was the dialogue of like I'm still in love with Tristan because Tristan left halfway through their junior year and the last time that we saw Tristan was in season two runaway little boy when they have to do the Romeo and Juliet skit for their Shakespeare class it's 50% of their final grade he rolls in and she wants nothing to do with him because the last time that we had seen Tristan before that was in Love Daisies and Troubadours and that was at the end of season one where he had the PJ Harvey tickets and he was trying to get Rory to go with him and she said no but he told Paris they were going anyway and she gets all upset and then that causes another rift between her and Rory we all know the story but that was the last time we had seen him and Paris seemingly wanted nothing to do with him so it's like I know you were in love with him for what we saw all of season one but then you kind of like didn't really care about him you didn't see him for most of your junior year into senior year and then you graduated went to college had all of these relationships you're an adult you have kids you come back you see this man and you have that kind of reaction it just I don't know it didn't make a ton of sense to me I think it could have been touched on, but it didn't. Yes, exactly. 
that drawn out, that intense. Like, I feel like she should have, like, come back into herself because one of the really gorgeous parts about Paris's character is, like, I definitely think Paris in seasons one through three is, like, Paris at her best because we get this, like, really intense, like, antagonist to Rory who feels like she should be, like, a villain that everyone hates, but, like, the way that she goes about everything, she has the best lines. Like, the way that she goes about everything is just so intense that you can't help but, like, love this character. Mm-hmm. But there's these moments where, like, you see inside of her when she gets really soft, when she gets really, like, not scared, but, like, she feels like she can be vulnerable with Rory in a way that, like, at school, like, there's, like, that one scene when she's, like, yelling at one of her teachers in the hallway and she's like, what are you talking about? This is my normal speaking voice where she's, like, screaming at him. But then you get, like, when she, like, like, finds out that like Jess is there and Jess has brought food and she's like I love macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. so it's like you get that really like soft part of her and I almost wish that like that's how it would have come yeah. out that we would have like taken a step back and gotten like soft yeah. Paris in the revival of like I think that that might have been what they were going for or tapped in less to her manic side more into the soft side for sure but kind of like the internal struggle side and maybe internal struggle I mean for me sometimes that can be manic but I felt like it was a little too scattered yeah I think for me it just didn't make sense her relationship with Tristan as a whole didn't make sense and I'd love to talk about that with you because I never really fully understood it I knew she had like this schoolgirl crush on him and she sort of gets into it yeah in concert interruptus when Rory kind of confronts her about it it's the first time we really see them as friends ish and you know, Rory asks her, like, what could you possibly see in this guy? And it sounds like they've known each other for a long time. I think she says since kindergarten, she, like, feels very connected to him because they both have very absentee parents. He kissed her once in the sixth grade on a dare. I wonder if that was, like, her only kiss, honestly, up until mm. this point. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And so that. I wonder yeah. if she just, like, really carries a torch for him because she once again falls in love with potential as a lot of us do and wants to see him thrive and succeed but he clearly is so he's just like a teenage boy and he's all over the place and he's a oh that would make a lot of sense then because there's this like intensity to Paris that like of course even if the first guy that kisses her is like as a dare of course she's gonna like see them as like you know like this unrequited love like star-crossed lovers between the two of them that like they can't be together but they have so much in common with their like like you said like absentee parents and like the intensity of like the education and like their status in society that they're going going through that like she would see him as like the one for her and so like she would like zero in on that with that Paris like laser focus and be like this is the guy I have a crush on that's really funny I didn't consider that that was like maybe her only kiss between sixth grade and tenth grade when we meet her yeah because when does she have time for boys we don't really see anything transpire until Jamie her senior year and even then she's so lost but with Tristan it just felt like you said like this unrequited love and like this unattainable ideal to her and clearly a tool that she uses kind of as a weapon against Rory because he's very interested in her but like it's such a roller coaster because I with Paris when it comes to Tristan and even when it came to Rory in high school I could never tell how she felt about either one of them at a moment's notice yeah I think that's true of her too what do you mean I think that that's true of Paris. I think that any given day, she wasn't sure how she felt. Oh, totally. Okay, I think this is more of like a in retrospect thing. But like Tristan, we talked about in our Men of Questionable Taste episode about kind of like him and Rory never like got started on anything, but he is really considered one of her like quote unquote love interests. I guess in retrospect, because he never really manifested as anything in Rory's life, that it almost seems like looking back, because Paris became the series regular and was there to the end he became more of a tension between Paris and Rory than a tension between Rory and her boyfriends of like like of course the two girls at school they're gonna like be fighting over a boy which Paris is the one who refutes that and like hates that because when um Paris and Rory are like fighting at school and they have to go to the headmaster's office and she was like yeah because of course the only thing that we could be fighting about is a boy yeah that was in season three and at that point she's dating Jamie yeah. it's you know it's not about Tristan it's yeah it's not even about Jamie but you're right she yeah. refutes it like oh idea. we have to be fighting about a boy and it's like baby girl you spent pretty much all of seasons one and two fighting with her about a boy yeah exactly so it's like it's not that far from it but it just 
I like kind of that self-awareness of like, oh, of course these two girls, like the conflict between them ends up being a boy. And then Paris is like, yeah, the only thing that can come between us is a boy. And you're like, yeah, but then a boy never comes between them again, which is... I was just about to say that we never see that happen between the two of them again. Which I love. I do too. Especially, I would say that Rory had like a very, very minimal interest in Tristan, if any at all. Well, I think that Rory was being the good friend to Parison because wasn't like wasn't that kind of one of the reasons that she was like very standoffish with Tristan was like Paris likes you. Yeah. Regardless of the fact of like she liked him or not. One of the reasons that she was like pushing back is like Paris likes you because I think that in the early seasons like one through three Rory is a really good friend to Paris because the push and pull of Paris like you said like some days she shows up and she is like you're like a pop-up book from hell and so like there's some days where like she feels that about her but what am I trying to think of oh when Paris is like having that horrible time at school because I think it's her parents divorce comes Mm -hmm. out and that's like being talked about so she tells everyone about Max and Lorelai Mm -hmm. kissing in Paris is burning and Rory's reaction to that is to like not get mad at Paris for saying it it's to get mad at Paris for saying it because she knows what it feels like because Rory is always able to like cut through Paris's like the pain that she's inflicting to get to the pain that Paris is feeling and is like you can talk to me like don't fucking do shit like this because I hate it you hated it why would you do it to me and so I think in that early seasons Rory is like almost willing to be like push and pull with Paris or like allow Paris to push and pull Mm -hmm. her because there's this like friendship that Rory understands that like if she keeps like reaching deeper into Paris she's gonna get those vulnerable like good moments from her regardless of the fact if she wants to be on her side or not you're totally right Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. (laughs) It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. 
and if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Question about that episode. It starts out with them talking. Madeline and Louise are having a little conversation about like, oh, Paris's parents' divorce is in the papers again. What do you think they did that like their divorce was in the papers? I, <laughs> I wrote know. this down. Who are Paris's I... parents and why is their business in the newspaper? <laughs> like what? I don't know. I they never flesh out anything about her because they Paris's mom is there Once, that one yeah. day. That episode where Paris is burning. And she's like talking about how she's not using her acne yes. cream. Even though Paris has, like, beautiful, clear skin. Yeah, skin skin. like a baby's ass. Um, Like, lay off, mom. So we never, like, really learn about them. But, like, I wonder what happened. Like, maybe he slept with his secretary or something. But why is it in the nefarious happened? That's what I want to know. They must be very, very inundated in society to the point that, I don't know, maybe it's in the Hartford. Hartford Current. Hartford Current. I'm going to put it up on our Instagram and be like, what do you think Paris's parents did? Wrong answers only. Yeah, because doesn't he end up like losing all his money at the beginning of season six because he was like embezzling money or like fraud or something Yeah, it was a whole spicy scandal. Yeah, and then Paris has to work for Rory in... We've got magic. Just for one episode. But only for that one episode. (laughs) And then she's good. Yeah. Then she's sad. Because, like, she has a trust fund that she can't touch. Yes. Isn't that what it is? Which, like, begs the question of, like, what did her parents do? Though, speaking of her parents, one of my favorite parts of Paris is that she's raised by her nanny, who she only refers to as Nanny. And, like, we see her at her high school graduation. Oh, with the kids. Yeah. And then Nanny shows up and takes care of Doyle when he's sick. And I just love that kind of, like, through line of, like, we've talked about before of, like, pseudo-parents. Yeah. Of, like, I think Lorelai was a little bit of, like, a pseudo-parental figure in some ways. But mostly, it was Nanny. She had I nanny. know. And I love that whenever she calls in season two, like, Bracebridge dinner and there's the rub. Yeah. She's always calling her Nanny to be like, I'm not coming home tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I love the conversation that's happening in the background when she's talking. Because is it Portuguese that yes. her? Yes. But I love that Paris is fluent in Portuguese. Of course yes. she is. And she talks about being at Rory Gilmore's house and eating mac and I cheese. I mucho mac and cheese. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love, love that scene. That's really the only times that we get like that enthusiasm from yeah. Paris is when she's talking oh, to Nanny. Oh, you're right. Just, you're right. That's so sweet. Speaking of, peak Paris for me is season too. I think her character arc with Rory is uh-huh. fascinating. Remind me what's going on. So then. it starts with that was both for me and for our listeners. I love that. It starts. We see her for the first time in Hammers and Veils when Rory goes to build the house. Yes, and that's when she's educating. And Rory doesn't know about extracurriculars. That to me Weird. seemed really fascinating. Paris is like educating her on extracurriculars and how you need them, which is ironic because it's like Paris, why are you giving her the secrets? Which I think she then regrets. Yeah. Why are you giving her the keys to the kingdom? Like you are telling her all the little yeah. secrets that she needs. To get into Harvard, even though you hate that she wants to go to Harvard, because there's still a rift between the two of them from the PJ Harvey tickets. And then it's not until, I want to say, I want to say it's not until like mother, like daughter with the puffs that Mm -hmm. Paris comes to her and is like, what did you say about me? Like, yeah, did you talk shit about me? She's like, no, of course I didn't talk shit about you. And we find out that Paris wants to be a puff. And that whole storyline is interesting. And I'll get into that a little later because I have notes about that. But I think when they sort of have that semi-bonding moment of maybe becoming part of this high school sorority, then things start to like be on the mend between the two of them. And then with Richard and Stars Hollow, they go to Stars Hollow together and they're trying to find the CD underbelly of Stars Hollow. And that cracks me up yeah. every time. <laughs> Which... 
she meets Luke then. Paris meets Luke and they act like they haven't met in season six when they end up Yeah. Meeting. I forgot about that. Inconsistencies. And then up until I want to say like Bracebridge dinner is where like she invites her to stick around because they've clearly got like this little friendship brewing. Yeah. And then really and there's the rub, which is easily Bracebridge dinner and there's the rub are like my two favorite episodes of season two. I love them so much. But one of the scenes, and we'll post it on our Instagram, that was deleted from that episode, There's a Rub. Yeah, it's on the DVD yeah, set. Yeah, she invites Paris to stay over, as we see, after, after the, the Jess, Jess incident, incident with Dean, and they're screaming at each other, and Paris swoops in to sort of save the day, which was... And takes the credit for the Jess crush. Oh, one of my favorite moments. Who's to say she didn't have a crush on Jess? Didn't <laughs> We would not blame her. And they're laying on the couch because they've eaten... I'm assuming the Indian food shows up at some point and there's the rub. Nothing like Indian food and mac and cheese. Heck yeah. And they're having this really beautiful bonding moment where they're watching TV and Paris is like, he likes you, you know? And she's like, Dean, yeah, I hope so. He's my boyfriend. And she's like, no, no, Jess. And I really wish they had kept that scene in. I don't know why they cut it. Probably for time. But I felt like it was a really, really pivotal moment for their friendship because... I would say that this is one of the first times that Paris points out something to Rory love life wise because they don't really have that bond yet. Yeah. And it's the first level of like honest friendship moment. Yeah. Like this level of honesty that feels vulnerable beyond what they're achieving academically. Like in their lives, they're having this like real, like she's seeing Rory in a way that Rory can't see. And kind of calling her out because the end of that scene is Paris being like, no no he likes you and Rory goes I have a boyfriend she doesn't say she doesn't like him either yeah and Paris is like okay I'm gonna get more like french fries or something she's like I'm gonna go get more of this like she just sort of like lets it be but I really wish they had kept that scene in because I do think it's a testament to like the evolving friendship and that's really the turning point between the two of them because you see them obviously become best friends there's a rift in season three but they their friendship really blossoms. And that's why I think that season two, it ends with her calling Rory at Suhi's wedding and saying, we are now president and vice president of the student body after convincing her to do it with her, which is one of my hilarious Paris moments is that she doesn't feel like people are going to like her if she runs by herself and she needs Rory as a running mate yeah. to do this. Which is another moment where I feel like Rory is always, like, Rory always has her hand out, like, reached out to Paris. Like, in this way that, like, as much as she, like, is irritated by her, Rory is always showing up for her. Most people say that, like, after Chilton is when Rory goes downhill, which is true in some ways. And not true in others. I agree. But I just think for the most part, like, that's another one where it's, like, she... As much as she didn't want to do it, she still ended up doing it. And I know that it was like in some ways, I think kind of selfishly because she did realize it was going to look good on a a college application, but she did it for Paris. Yeah. Back to what you were talking about before about Jess and Paris maybe having a little crush on him and we would not blame her for having one. I wrote down here, Jess and Paris were a best friendship waiting to happen. I wish we could have seen more of them. I I felt like the two of them would have really had a sturdy, solid relationship had Milo stayed on the show. I wish we could have seen more of them once they started dating. I think Paris would have shipped that relationship really hard if we had gotten an opportunity to see the two of them once again, like actually talk about relationships. Because Rory doesn't really ever talk to Paris about Jess that we know, with the exception of that one scene between the two of them in her bedroom where they're like, they have to put the paper together, like you said, after that phone call with Headmaster Charleston, and they have to put the paper together for the... C-SPAN broadcast where Paris has a complete nervous breakdown and the only conversation they really have is where Paris tells Rory that she had sex with Jamie and she's asking Rory if she had sex with Dean and subsequently with Jess we don't really see Rory confide in Paris about her relationship with Jess we only see Paris confide in Rory about her relationship with Jamie and I wish we could have heard more of that because I think Paris really liked Jess as a person I loved watching their conversation and there's the rub their banter was so cool two people in her life coming together to talk about books like in a manner that felt really organic and really like a a heavy debate we've got two people who are super opinionated and very very smart on opposite ends of the spectrum super stubborn yes and like jess is very smart in his own way without really trying hard in school doesn't give a shit about school whereas paris is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum 
really smart but cares so much about her education and is so dedicated to it and Rory is just sort of watching the two of them like a ping pong match and it's amazing and I wish we could have seen more of that yeah and it's interesting because this is a moment of like these are two people that Rory is like not really letting into her life but here they are like in front of her like you said like volleying back and yeah. forth and it's it's like this is almost like this trio that could have been I know I would have loved, to have, I would have loved to see that too oh sad there is a moment one of my favorite Paris lines or Maybe not one of my favorite Paris lines because she has some of the best. The Paris line that I relate to the most is in that episode when she's like, I can't, I can't eat mac and cheese. And they're like, splurge, like, just let's go for it. She asks if there's a 24-hour pharmacy just in case she has an allergic reaction to something. <laughs> and I was like, if there's a Paris quote that I relate to most, it it's is. that one. <laughs> that feels right for you. That's where you and Paris yeah, become kindred I'm spirits. allergic to yes. everything. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. She she has some of the best one-liners ever. Oh, My yeah. favorite one of hers is in Girls in Bikinis, Boys Do in the Twist. When they're, I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> when they're running in from the rain and that girl's like, is it raining? And she's like, no, it's National Baptism Day. Tie your tubes, idiot. I love yeah. that so much. Every time that meme comes up on, on Instagram, I know it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> spring break for Paris is like just so many good lines and and Paris has like such like a almost like a strict kind of rules of what to do for spring break like all of these things that she needs to like feel because they weren't going to go on spring break but it was just so miserable back at Yale that they were like let's drive on this road trip to go to Florida <laughs> but I love that she's down for it in such a mom way she's got her like big sun hat on she's got her sunscreen she's like talking to Madeline and Louise and she's like you guys can burn I'm gonna stay here <laughs> yeah they both have like a bag full of books I feel like season four of Paris getting into college or like getting to see college Paris is like when she goes to the football game and she's like I fucking hate it here take a picture if we win take a picture if we lose and then she goes on spring break and she's like trying to like almost like methodically experience yeah. college and all of these like quote-unquote like college experiences of spring break and going to football games and it's just like in the most Paris way possible. I know and one of my favorite things about her in the college years is early on when she decides that she really wants to reinvent herself at Yale because I know what that feels like. When I went to college, yeah. I was like, I'm going to reinvent myself. I am leaving high school in the past. Totally. And the reality is you are who you are. You're learning, especially in college. Yeah. Wherever you go, there yeah. you are. You have to bring yourself with you. Where you lead, you will also follow. <laughs> yes. It's one of those things where like you are discovering who you are in college. So it's really hard to say you're going to reinvent yourself there because you will eventually, but not yeah. in the first couple days. That's just... And one of my favorite methods of her doing this is her life coach, Terrence. Yes. And her craft corner. Yeah, she he's in season four, a little bit in season five, and he like gets mentioned in season yeah. six, and then he kind of like peters yeah. out, like wondering where where Terrence went and if, how he's still guiding her through life. If he still has that dr that drug problem, yeah. <laughs> Just like if anyone's gonna have a life coach to get through their freshman year of college, I love it. I know I had asked you when we did our Galentine's episode if you were surprised to see Paris in season four, episode two, the Lorelai's yeah. first day at Yale. Which is my second favorite Yes, episode. that's why we were talking about this, because I was like, were you, yeah. were you surprised to see Paris as her roommate? Because I remember I was, but you had already seen, you had jumped in at season yeah. five, so like you already knew she was a character. I really wonder if they intended for her to go to Yale, or if they saw that like fans, people who are members of the fandom, like loved her character so much that yeah. they decided to bring her in. Because there were so many characters that we just like kind of never really see again madeline and louise francie um headmaster charleston pops in very yeah sporadically. though i feel like it makes so much sense that paris continued on in her life that like terrence was the one that said that their like journeys together their, like adventure or together wasn't were, over yeah it wasn't over so i i really love that she ended up being there because honestly i think that if we at season four in the terms of this narrative had to then meet a new friend of Rory's like if Marty had taken over like the position of Paris in her life that I just it would have felt flat like I feel like Paris being there behind her being the true antagonist that she really needed because like when we have Lorelai's storyline her antagonist is like we have Taylor but also Michelle who she's like a little bit you know they're friends and like Suki in some ways because she's always having to keep up with her and like Luke in other ways because he's grumpy and her yeah. mom whereas 
Laurie didn't have that same conflict and so to take away Jess and to take away Paris in that moment it would have left Laurie starting off too fresh in the middle of the narrative yeah, that's fair. so I feel like having Paris really made sense because she really oh drives for, sure. for sure for sure I just wonder if they intended that with her character because it's so perfect it yeah. makes so much sense and not only is Paris's story arc as a character individually very cool her friendship story arc with Rory is also amazing and I love watching her turn into a ride or die I love watching her turn into Rory's angry friend as they call her in the revival because Lorelai's like you have an angry friend I have Michelle and you have Paris yeah which I feel like we need to back up a little bit back to high school for Paris because we have this like friendship that it seems like they're building where she like confides in her about having sex with Jamie and about things that she can't really confide in Madeline and Louise yeah and things that she like really trusts Rory with and then when we get through season four and season um six when people mention Paris as Rory's friend she's like she's we're we're barely friends like specifically in it's season six uh just like Gwen and Gavin when the senior staffers at the Yale Daily News are having like a meeting to oust Paris as the editor she's like she's not my best friend we're like barely friends at best so it's just so interesting that like even though she's her closest friend her like closest ride or die in some ways Rory is the one that regressed and like Paris was really refusing to recognize how close she and Rory were as Rory was being such a you know constant in Paris's life and then it kind of reverses where Paris is seemingly like the one who is reaching out to Rory every time and Rory is like no we're not best friends which is just kind of a kind of a letdown seemingly but back in high school one of the things that people bring up the most to me or like dm me or comment on my tiktok is when Paris does not get to be valedictorian of course when Rory beats her out and she said that she she's okay with it she tells Rory that it's fine because like statistically valedictorians don't do well later in life and everyone always wants me to parallel which I ended up doing a TikTok about which they want me to parallel that to Rory versus Paris in the revival which is Paris succeeding and Rory ultimately being the one who's floundering because she was the valedictorian it's also kind of like a double full circle moment a full circle and a full circle if you will a double rainbow <laughs> because in season one, episode two, the Lorelai's first day at Chilton, one of the first things that Paris says to Rory is, I plan on being valedictorian when I graduate. And yeah. it's just so funny that she had to like console herself by looking up statistically how many valedictorians actually succeed because she needed to feel better about the fact that like that is what she said to Rory when she first arrived at Chilton and it doesn't end up happening for her which I actually think may have been a good thing I don't know what's so funny about this like villainous antagonist in the protagonist's life is that she did not get to be valedictorian we were ultimately supposed to seemingly be rooting for Rory to be the valedictorian because we were like dedicated to her storyline and what was going on in her life but I posted a TikTok that was like Paris working really really hard and ultimately not being valedictorian not getting into Harvard but Rory is over here like doing like the damn Donna Reed thing where she's making dinner for Dean and she's the one that doesn't seem to like understand anything about extracurriculars but she's the one that gets into Harvard and she's the one who ends up being the valedictorian that I think that ultimately when Rory beats out Paris for valedictorian We're supposed to be really proud of Rory, but I think that kind of backfired a little bit and everyone was just upset that it didn't go to Paris because it seemed, yeah. Interesting. Why did Rory get all of these accolades when it seems that Paris was more deserving of them, at least when in terms of getting to Harvard. But I think people do forget when Paris had her Harvard interview. um, She was an absolute nut job. Yeah, that was when she had her um, I had sex (laughs) breakdown on on C-SPAN. Yeah, and... I do find it really ironic that they kind of swap places in a way. Like, Rory starts out as the underdog, right? She's a month behind. She's coming into Chilton with already at a deficit. And she ends up rising to the occasion and she becomes valedictorian, which she worked really hard, but she never verbally states that that's a goal of hers. Paris does, right? Paris doesn't get it. She also doesn't get into Harvard. And then the underdog becomes Paris and she rises to the occasion and she ends up not only going to Yale, but going to Harvard. And so I think that that's really, really special and, and like a kind of like a, an ironic Cinderella story moment that we don't appreciate nearly enough. Yeah, which I think is what I mean why when people look at Rory's storyline and they're so disappointed by it, that like that's what they wanted from her is Paris, where Paris like is the one who's like working so hard, has like 
the seemingly let down failure is a valedictorian doesn't go to harvard and then by the end of it she has graduated from law school she's graduated from harvard medical school she's doing so well and like she also has kids she's been married she's been through all of this and like that's what people saw happening for Rory, but ultimately it happened and it didn't go perfectly. I mean, no. Like we said, Paris and Doyle are getting divorced. There's conflict there. She still clearly has like yeah. little breakdowns when she thinks too hard about things that make her unravel the way they did in high school. Like she's still a human yeah. being, but she she turned out just fine. Yeah. Which speaking of Doyle, I feel like Paris's love interests are kind of like some of my favorite sort of storylines that just kind of go all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's a complete roller coaster with Paris. Because like we said, like she has sex with Jamie for for the first time and like that's what causes this like breakdown of hers what is it that she says to Rory of like I better have been good or something like that like (laughs) for all of this like harbor trouble I better have been good yeah I know a lot of people really wanted her to end up with Jamie who is seemingly like the really safe choice he goes to Princeton he's a little bit older than her like meets him at the um what is it they go to DC for the for the some sort of convention that's where they spend the summer for like class yeah. presidents yeah um and she meets him there and he's seemingly like so nice and so perfect but we know Paris that is totally the wrong sort of partner I for was her. never into Jamie like I I was into the fact that he was into her because it was cool to finally see Paris have like a budding romance yeah. that was interesting because I was never really into that either but he was just like too vanilla for me yeah the reason that I like him is that he plays to what we were talking about that like vulnerability that she has that like that sweet like macaroni and cheese side that comes out of her and or like I remember in Galentine's Day we were talking about some of our favorite moments with Paris and Rory in terms of friendship is when they're in DC and she goes and sits in the closet so that he won't be tempted to like take Rory out instead of Paris and she is just like I wouldn't say insecure, but in some ways she's kind of self-conscious about this, like wanting something that's not goal driven of like wanting love and affection from a boy. And I like that we get to see that he brings out that sort of part of her. One of my favorite interactions between Paris and Rory is when they shoot Gilmore's Don't They when Jamie shows up at school and he takes Paris's books and she says he took my books and she says, well, go get him back. And just like, it's just like this cute little... It almost feels like Jamie is going with her on this little, like, soft, vulnerable side of her that it makes me wonder what it's like to go on a date with Paris because we see her being so, like, timid about the situation. But, like, what is it that Jamie gets from Paris? Yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder. I think he likes her feisty side. Well, we, we get to see a little bit of their interaction when it comes to the beginnings of their relationship. Which, to that effect, that's when, isn't Rory the one that points out to Paris that he likes her? So it's kind of, I was going to bring that up before with the Jess, Paris, Rory situation. Now Rory is the one kind of being like, Paris, he just asked you out on a date. And she's like, what? I missed it? When? (laughs) It's so, so perfect. (laughs) And what's interesting about it is that it's almost that he's attracted to her because she is so unaware of how attracted he is to her. You don't know you're beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. (laughs) Yes. But she's like eating a bagel and like, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the debate later. And he's like, cool. So I'll pick you up at this time. And she's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, I think that that's sort of what draws him to her is that she's not fixated on boys. She's just so goal oriented, like you said. Yeah. And she is so dedicated to her education and to student body presidency that she's just taken on, you know, but like, yeah, wants nothing to do seemingly with guys until he's like, hey, you want to go out? And she's like, hey, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. Macaroni yeah. and cheese. Yeah. It just feels it's macaroni and cheese Paris. Yeah. Which then is very interesting that the next relationship that Paris has is, like we said, like Paris is seemingly like in season four trying to check up all of the like college experiences. And one of those to Paris seems to be dating a professor. <laughs> a professor who's like old. Like no way around it. He's I, you old. know, I was trying to put it delicately. Um <laughs> Uh, that's okay but he's like you can you can put no, it delicately he's like three it. times her age he's in his 60s he's he's richard's yes. age she is dating a grandfather yeah 
it's yeah not really my favorite relationship if I had to rank them this is at the bottom this is really far below I will say though you know what's really funny about this we had our realization of people that die on the show we have Fran we have Stan we have Gran and then Asher Fleming but you know who dies after Asher Fleming does old man (laughs) Twickum so he picks it back up so we've got it always we've comes got in Fran, Stan, Gran, and old man. Yeah. <laughs> but then Asher Fleming really I forgot about that. that. You're totally us, right. But... And that to me, I, I don't know how I felt about that being the end of their relationship. Like that the only reason death. it ended in death, <laughs> that the only reason they broke up was because he died. Paris has a great line when that happens though, was no Rory, this great man was not brought down by my vagina. But Marty has the even better line when he's like, damn, I lost the pool. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes for really good comedy. Yeah. And I love when she throws the wake for him and Emily shows up not knowing the context of any of it. Well, everybody shows up not really knowing the context of, of yeah. why they're there. They think it's, they think it's a like a very party. strange party with pictures of this old guy everywhere. And Emily rolls in and she knew Asher loosely because of Richard and she's like consoling her being like, there are great professors at Yale. It's okay. The best is that like Rory was like, he died and she was like, oh, and she was like, he was cremated and she was like grateful <laughs> that she didn't have to go to a funeral. <laughs> I forgot about that part. That's hilarious. But what's so interesting about this, like, from Jamie to Asher sort of storyline love interest, like, I felt weird about it. I didn't love it. Like, it just was, it was just icky in my opinion. But something that I didn't think about until I was writing my notes out for this episode was when Doyle has been there since season four, and they've never, they've, like, been sparring with each other this whole time, but they've never been, like, you know, like, seemed like they were building towards a love interest. No, I never picked up on that at all. Yeah, the first time we get that is when she goes speed dating. But the way, the context that I was like thinking it of, because I was like listing out all of, of Paris's love interests, is that she, the, when she met Doyle speed dating, it was the first time she was putting herself out there after her partner had died. So it was like this like grief that Paris was going through of like, you know, like her her partner died like regardless of the fact if the relationship was icky it had like a had to have had like a profound effect on sure. this character yeah. in the narrative if she was if we want to talk about her like a real person so like meeting Doyle was like the first person that she was with after seemingly that we saw after her partner died which I had like never really put the context of the start of their relationship into and it also work. seems like they kind of started on a note where it was like we're just gonna have sex we have a lot in common we're just gonna start yeah, that out yeah they like skip dinner they saved the calories <laughs> And they just go back to her dorm room and have sex. And they're like, okay, we're just going to see where this goes, kind of. But then they're on the phone with Terrence. And Doyle is like, I don't really understand why you need to be here right now in the middle of this conversation. We're going to figure this out. And the whole push (laughs) and pull of her being like, am I your girlfriend? Am I not your girlfriend? I don't know who I am to you is very, very interesting. But I love that it sort of starts out, I think, because of that grief and because now she doesn't really know where to go. I wonder how much that was taken into consideration in that storyline. Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting that Doyle and Paris start out that way because season five is really like the arc of their relationship is paralleling with Lane and Rory when they're all like sitting around getting drunk talking about like defining things with their boyfriends and ultimately they all sort of define DTF DTR define the relationship DTF is down to fuck so that's what they were and then now they're all DTR (laughs) love that the three of them are commiserating especially because we don't really get a lot of like Lane in Paris it feels like they're very disconnected and we'll talk about that more in like the friendship episode but yeah I love that they're all sort of struggling with similar things, yet different with different men who all yeah. operate very, very All of her founder day's punch. All of Miss Patty's founder's <laughs> day punches everywhere. And Paris is roaming the streets of Stars Hollow barefoot, yeah. asking for change. It is hysterical. But I do love that we come back. Nanny is taking care of Doyle. And that's really the moment for them that solidifies that they're going to be a couple. It's the moment that solidifies for all three of them, Rory, Lane, and Paris, that they're going to be couples with, like you said, DTR. Yeah, I love that um Paris does it by way of like like withholding medicine from him yep. and like forcing this conversation from him, which is so Paris to like totally. make that happen. But ultimately I love the two of Me them. Me too. Together. It's my favorite relationship. And you don't really see Paris's favorite It's relationship. my favorite relationship of for Paris. Doyle is yeah. my favorite relationship. It feels like the Goldilocks of them because it's like Jamie felt a little bit too soft and 
Asher felt a little bit too intense and like Doyle feels like yeah, just right. exactly. And I love sort of watching the roller coaster that is their relationship because in season six, they seem pretty solid until Bridesmaids Revisited when they break up. And yeah. then like Rory runs into him at the bar. Do you remember why no. they broke up? Because I know they break up the second remember. time because of Paris going to school. Why did they break up the first? Oh, we don't really know why because like Paris and Rory aren't living together. Yeah. It's just because Doyle is at the bar and I don't I as much as I have seen that, I always skip over that scene because um Logan's not in it. Well, it's also <laughs> icky. I mean, Rory yeah. like Rory and Doyle are just wasted together and then he like nuzzles her yeah. neck and tries to kiss her and it's so gross. We talked about that was the weirdest like yes, hug interaction. Yes. Yeah. But what I love is that that ends up bringing Rory and Paris back together when they break up. Yeah. Because Paris has kicked Rory out. Rory was living with Logan. She finds out about the bridesmaids and ultimately comes back to Paris's because she has heard that she and Doyle broke up and is there to sort of commiserate with her. Yeah. But it's more so there for like under selfish like yeah, pretenses. Yeah, of course. Because that's Rory Gilmore. Um, <laughs> but that episode i'm okay you're okay is one of my favorites because i love that the two of them are sitting on the couch eating chinese food just chinese food no men rory and paris kind of flip where like rory is the one in the early seasons that's really always showing up for paris regardless of what paris does and here like regardless of the circumstances of paris and rory's friendship here she is like i'm gonna fucking beat this guy up for you like emotionally what an <laughs> absolute ride or die first of all that she never says this to him until she knows that rory is just like out of respect for my yes i've never here. said this yeah. to you but here i fucking go and rory is just nodding along the entire time in the background and especially coming off of the fact that they just had a huge rift between the two of them she li- to exactly. the point where she literally kicked her out of her apartment so yeah that speaks so that volume. like inverse like sort of relationship that they now have where like Paris is okay to let bygones be bygones in the later seasons because she's there. The intensity of Paris like never lets up regardless of how she like what has happened between the two of you, which is yeah kind of friend you want. That's that is like I swear to God, I wish there were more Paris and Logan scenes. Like judging from like the way that that happened, like love Logan, but like fucking deserve oh, for that. Sure. Like, oh for sure. Yeah, and oh I love that. Then so of course much. we know that Paris and Doyle end up getting back together. And I also forgot to mention yeah. that one of my favorite things about the two of them when uh, Rory moves in with them is that they wrestle. They like sneak attack. They cross yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like they'll sneak up on each other? And I just find that to be so incredible. Wait, that's what's so funny about like what happens in the opening of I'm Okay, You're Okay is like one of my favorite like scenes in season six is like we have Rory and Paris being friends, Paris defending Rory from Logan, Rory and Logan having the um, fight in the hallway, and then like Doyle just having shown up right before then. And Rory opens the door to tell Paris that she's going back home with Logan and she closes the door and he's like, what? She goes, uh, they made up or Krav Maga is way kinkier than I thought it was. Because <laughs> that is like their entire mood throughout season six. Yeah. I love that aspect of their relationship. They're so they're intense. So weird, but like wonderfully weird. They're like made for yeah, each other. For sure. And that's what's so interesting about when we get to season seven is like, I think one of the things that they got right with Paris at the end there is Operation Finish Line, where she has all of those things written on all the boards. They're going to try everything. It kind of seems like they bring back like the season four Paris wanting to try everything about college and make sure she gets everything in. And like, I feel like she would have done that. I don't know. I feel like it was stealing a little bit from season four personality for Paris in season seven. But the intensity with which she's going after postgrad is kind of seemingly how it felt like Rory was going at the intensity at Chilton. Like she kind of seemed to like let off some of the steam with which she was going forward. But Paris was going to do everything. And at the end of the day, she was so focused on this that ultimately her and Doyle broke up because she decided that she wanted to stay focused on what she was doing and that he was going to distract from her. And so they ended things. And that's when I said, I get so muddled on the end of season seven because I never watch after I'd rather be in Philadelphia. But it's does it do they break up before or after Paris is opening all of the it's. After. Yeah, they so, break up after she opens 
the envelopes because they're all like celebrating with her. And, and she was like, I'm, I got in. I got in. I got this too. And it turns out that the one, the Rustin Fellowship that Rory wanted, she ended up not getting. But Paris is like, it seems like she's just like building and building. And this is what we thought was going to happen for Rory, where she was going to be experiencing this like great success. But I feel like it's so well deserved for Paris because she fucking worked so hard to get there. And it's kind of a parallel moment to when Rory gets all three of those big envelopes in the big one in season three after Paris has her complete meltdown and Rory discovers that she actually got into all the school she wanted to get into. Where we have talked about how like, Paris and Rory like Paris is getting the storyline we wanted from Rory her and Doyle break up ultimately for Paris to continue on in her career and not be bogged down by what Doyle wants which is exactly why Rory and Logan break up when he proposes as she kind of wants like this great wide open and she feels tied down to him if they get married but the only part of this that I really disagree in the Paris storyline of it is I don't think she would have been so like wallowing about it I don't think she would have like had that like I think that we were revisiting that kind of like macaroni and cheese version of Paris, but I don't think that that's, I think she would have been so consumed by everything else she had going on to be too sad about it. But I do love how they got back together, which is Doyle showing up and being like, no, we're not breaking up. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Where you lead, I will follow. And that's kind of what Rory and Logan were at in Hay Bale Maze. Did I say that right? Hey, Bailman's. And he was like, I'll factor you in. And she's like, I'll factor you in too. And ultimately it was like, JK, neither of us are going to factor either of us in. That was a joke. Um, and ultimately Paris and Doyle get that ending of Paris has gotten all of the things that she had wished for and hoped for getting through prep school and through college. And now here she is. And now she has this guy who is just like so wacko weird, but perfect for her and he's gonna follow her wherever she goes until he becomes a successful screenwriter question mark yeah that was really fascinating which makes sense because yeah it sounds like he and we don't know we can only absorb the information that's being given to us and the reality is we don't know what's transpired between the two of them but all we do know is that he is now becoming a successful screenwriter and i wonder if which is a nod to exactly because he is a successful screenwriter because yeah, because Danny Strong wrote Lee Daniels the Butler. He wrote, uh, he's a writer and I think creator on Empire. And then he wrote both parts of Mocking Jay and The Hunger Games, which is just what a diverse set of movies I there know. <laughs> to have written. Um, but I feel like they put that storyline in him, in there to like make a nod towards Danny sure. Strong um, and where he ended up. But like, I never, I never would have imagined that Paris and Doyle would have broken up because at the ATX reunion, I think it was in 2014 or 2015. I want to say 2014. Um, they asked the, uh, the actors where they think all of their characters would have ended up. And Danny Strong and Liza Wilde both, they like high-fived because they were like, Paris and Doyle are out there being a power yeah. couple. And they high-fived over it. And then in the revival, they were divorced. I know. Well, they, it seems also seems like they were in the process of getting divorced, right? It was still pretty fresh yeah. and they were still trying to figure out the dynamic. But I wonder if it was because he was finally taking his moment as a character to like stand in his light. And what a waste to have him like have this moment, you know? Why were Paris and Doyle not like this bicoastal power couple? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I just wonder if that's, you know, he really ends season seven being like, I will go with you wherever you want to go, which I love. But Amy didn't write that. So oh, I feel like that's she's true. kind of like, mm, Doyle eventually is, of course he loves Paris, but Doyle eventually is going to want to follow his own path and really make sure that his career comes first as well. Both of them could have come first. There could have been a balance there. I don't think though Paris is someone who would look at Doyle and be like no you have to support my career I feel like she I feel like they could have been like a bike oh I completely agree because she's like you're out there you know Doyle works in Hollywood and she's just like so like whatever about it because like the whole storyline about the whole like stairs just felt so flat that like I have this series on TikTok where I talk about what I wish would have happened in the revival with different characters storylines and one of them was Paris and Doyle where they have an east coast house and a west coast house and the running joke then is trying to figure out which side of the country their kids are on because they're trying to like co-parent but also like fly back and forth to be with each other because i just think they could have made it happen i think they could have too i just think that 
I don't think that it was Paris's choice. It doesn't sound like it was her choice. It sounds like it was his choice. So that's why I feel like it may have been of his own volition to say, I have been the follower here for so long and now I got to go do my own thing. And maybe it just sort of went to his head. I don't know. It was a storyline that didn't really make a ton of sense to me. Do you like that though? Do you think they still would have been together? I fully expected them to be together. Like I said in the last episode, I really would have expected Lane and Zach to have more of a rift between the two of them. Maybe not necessarily divorce, but like separation, some sort of tension there. Conscious uncoupling. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that Paris and Doyle have conflict because their conflict is so spicy when they have it. But in the series, they always find a way back to each other. So that's why it was kind of a bummer that even if they were going through this divorce, I wish that maybe by the end of the revival, they would have mended fences and said like, okay, we're going to give this a shot because it would have been a nod to the series that like they always break up in some dramatic fucking way and then like find a way back together. I never considered that they didn't really get like the closure that like, cause we talked like the last couple episodes about the revival and closure that it doesn't really feel like their storyline got that, that like if we would have had them like unraveling, like getting divorced, but it ultimately would have been like, no, we're Paris and Doyle. We're never going to break up. Yeah. It took Paris so long to find someone so perfectly suited for her that I think that the idea of like her getting Rory's storyline in the sense that she achieved everything she wanted. She ultimately ended up marrying to someone who was perfect for her. She had the kids. She had a nanny for her kids who hopefully Paris will be more involved in her kids than um, her mother was in hers and it seemed like they really you know when she run they run into the house and they're like mommy yeah. um it was like really sweet to see like a, such like an innocent reaction to Paris because we've never gotten that before totally you know just like someone who just really made sense for for Paris ultimately well the first two were a miss like you said too soft too harsh and then you got Doyle so she clearly she clearly wasn't happy I mean as made evident by the fact that she literally cheated on Jamie with Asher Fleming and showed no remorse for it whatsoever he was just the best suited for her and that's why it was such a disappointment that in the revival they couldn't seemingly get back together who knows maybe they maybe they do maybe they are now maybe in these six years since they've mended fences and they've realized that they're right for each other yeah, I like to believe that's where we'll leave that off. That that she ultimately they worked things out. They're a bicoastal power couple, and you know they have they're having more kids through a surrogacy. Yes, through Paris's <laughs> surrogacy. Because it would be a shame. I mean, life happens, but she had found someone who was so well suited for her, and seemingly is even in her adult years. They they still have like that spice to their relationship, even through their conflict. Because we didn't see that with Jamie. We didn't. We didn't see that with Asher. And I mean, like, clearly she was unhappy because she cheated on Jamie with Asher Fleming and had no remorse for it whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like the thing that, like, Paris ultimately, like, needed to stay in a relationship was conflict. And it almost seemed like the reason that she was, like, so interested in Asher at the time is because it created this sort of, like, intense conflict in her life because she was still with Jamie and was cheating on Jamie with Asher and so it almost seemed like maybe it was more enticing to her because there was that conflict that wasn't like naturally arising from her partner like with Doyle it's the passion the passion that's there that she was clearly lacking with Jamie found somewhere along the way with Asher and like you said had that commonality of conflict but what's so interesting about that is that that is one of many ways in which her storyline with Rory's is so parallel and yet people shit all over Rory for being a cheater, for being the other woman. And no one ever talks about Paris cheating. Not to her dorm, but showed up to Yale on his birthday. And she was just like, no, I don't have the time. Yeah, because she was seeing Asher. And it just is so interesting that like, maybe it's because people didn't care as much about Jamie and Asher as they did about Dean and or maybe Logan, people felt like she owned it in a way that Rory didn't really yeah. own it. She was still trying to be like this innocent victim, whereas Paris was just like, yep, I'm having an affair. <laughs> yeah, but like regardless of what way like you look at it from their character perspective, I think ultimately like the the concept of cheating on this show is not viewed equally among the characters who are committing the acts of cheating. And we have more to say on that next week. 
Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to say podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community and access bonus episodes every month.